and it made this weird little sort of gurgling noise. And I kept trying to clear my throat. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just going to lose my voice. And then I was thinking, how how am I going to do my job if I have laryngitis? And then I thought, more importantly, what's new on Netflix? (laughs) Because (laughs) I'll just stay home (laughs) if I can't talk. (laughs) How am I going to do my job? Ooh, what's new on Netflix? (laughs) Right. Right. So that is the beauty of being a nonlinear thinker. And now here we are. I'm so excited. I have so many notes. I'm not scared at all. I'm not trepidatious. Just 100% focused on making this a great experience. Are you ready? So ready. Okay. Here we go. Like for real? Are we for real ready? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not just an emotional thing. Okay. Here we go. As long as you don't mess up the intro this time. Yeah, how about you not laugh at me while I do the intro this time? (laughs) You're a monster. Welcome to The Simplicity Show with Sue and Vince, where we talk about what's happening in the credit union industry, the world, and right here on our credit union team. In this episode, we have the second part of our latest mini-series. Sure. Oh, is this a mini-series? I thought this was just what we were doing. Well, oh, like from now on? Forever. Oh, until that's a lot of commitment. Until our ultimate demise. I don't demise. know if I'm ready for that. It's just a lot of commitment for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I see how you are. <laughs> anyway, but you were saying, I interrupted you, and that's so unlike me. No comment. So today we are, I am, I you have are. a topic. You are the topic. Oh, no, I'm not the topic. Let's get into that. <laughs> I have lots to say about that. Oh, man. No, I am not the topic. I brought the topic. Ooh. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, <laughs> about that topic about that, that you topic. brought? It'll be great. Okay. Before we get into that, though, um, an update. So we just came from the coffee shop. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it has been, I had to look at the calendar. It has been just over seven weeks since I've had coffee. And you did indeed get coffee. It's right here. I haven't even tried it yet. You're kidding. No. I would have I would have plunged myself face first into that coffee if, if it had been I know, seven, I'm seven so minutes. I'm so ready. So it is specifically a French toast latte. And I saw that on the menu and I said, oh, I like French toast. I like lattes. <laughs> I think I would like that. Seems like a thing you'd like. And uh, the barista <laughs> said, she was like, well, it, she's like, it's really great. As long as you can get past the butter on top. And I said, boy, can I ever. <laughs> In fact, let me just spend some time yeah. with that butter on top. So so here's my uh, first sip of first latte. First sip. Okay. Seven Here it comes. Weeks. That was That was truly gross. <laughs> it was gross what you just did. That's not okay. With people. 
I want our first ever that's, comments that's to be people great. saying that was. I'll, I'll definitely have to amplify that. So. Uncalled for <laughs> to make that noise. <laughs> How was it? Delicious. Did you get past the uh, butter? Oh, no. I hope I never do. <laughs> okay. Never will I ever. Just spend some time with that butter. What's particularly great is like they, the lids have the little hole up above, right? That, right. that vents. It's like as you drink out of that hole, just wafts cinnamon. Ooh, smell. nice. Love you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty great. So the the episode is indeed just about your cup of coffee, right? Oh yeah, it's a, it's a whole ASMR episode. Okay, just so. you being gross. <laughs> I'm gonna hand the headphones over to you and just whisper into okay. the microphone and drink coffee. Okay. Just, I really wish you wouldn't because that's. <laughs> not. I don't think. I, I I try not to regulate what our topics are too closely, but right. This, well, watching you drink coffee. <clears throat> There's my throat. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. See. Mm-hmm. Maybe lose my voice. I, lo- I do leave day. you speechless. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have that effect on me. Well, see, here's. See, this is my strategy all along because you want to make this a whole long-term thing. And I'm like, if I just blow it on the first one and you hate what I do with it, then you'd be like, no, we are not ever doing that again. So let me tell you a story. Let me share an anecdote. On the day that we got married, my father took my husband aside. And what you want as a person marrying someone, bringing someone in the family, is you want... Your father to say, you know, treat this person right and be, you know, they're Mm -hmm. everything and we're proud of them. That's what you want. All all the nice things. Right. What my father did was say, uh, don't ever let her know when you can do something because as soon as you can do something, (laughs) she's forever going to make you do that. That is... That is not unlike advice that I once received, um, which was a guy I know who shall rename, who shall remain unnamed, <laughs> uh, who said, "I only ever had to do laundry once, and what I did is I shrunk my wife's sweater <laughs> on purpose, and she never let me do laundry again." <laughs> he said. That was a sunk cost, calculated risk, <laughs> <laughs> worthwhile investment. <laughs> I just want to tell you that we are on to you guys, <laughs> just so you know. I say this after I spent all day Saturday painting the trim on the top of the dining room because I literally said to my husband, I would rather, I hate the idea of you painting the trim more than I'm afraid of heights. Mm. Well, okay, but specifically a thing I know about you is the thought of other people on stools or step ladders or whatever. It actually is is not any better than me me being up there. So I would rather fall and get hurt. Yeah. So then have to watch that. Right. So yeah. Mm. It was a and he and he didn't he wasn't even like, Oh, I'm shocked you would say that. He was like, Yeah, that sounds right. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, I'm hard going, but you get used to me after a while. 
Uh, side story about watching somebody fall later. It will make your skin crawl. Oh, ooh. Okay. Oh, I'm just whacking mm. the pop filter. That's that's not how you treat your sound equipment. Are you ready to tell me what the topic uh, is? I'm so ready. Let's Bring get it. into it. So, <gasps> what if it's the same as the top next topic I picked? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. In oh. as much as we often arrive at similar creative we are conclusions. Sharing, we are sharing one brain <laughs> while we're here at work. So yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go. So today we are talking about improv. <gasps> no, that's exciting. I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. So I have some research. Uh, I can't crinkle the paper for you like Sue did because. I'll crinkle other paper. Other paper. Yeah. Uh, how much is it more than a page and a half? Because a page and a half is the bar that I have set. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's for, several articles. Uh, the stuff that I pulled out is maybe a page, maybe okay, a little more. So, but I like to space things out. So with links, it's probably a page and a half. What I hear is I won. Oh, That's yeah. all that matters okay. to me. I'll give you that. Fair enough. You definitely won. Okay, improv. So let's talk about what it is. Then we'll talk about what it is, what it was, what it is, what it shall bit, be. <laughs> a little bit of the science behind it. There's science and behind there's, improv. There's there's some science. There's some some brain activity going okay. on. Bring it. Uh, talk a little bit about improv and business, <gasps> and then we'll wrap up with a little fun. So. And then, and then we will present this whole episode to our boss for budget time to finally be able to take that improv class. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, bring it. So what what it is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so each each of these sections, I'll just start by reading through. I don't like, I know we don't like the reading through part, so I'll read through the, the bit that each lead off each section and then we can just talk about it. Okay. So for what it is, um, and I thought this was interesting too to look at this because I definitely, like before I was even ever exposed to what more than like, oh, improv is a thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. And actually looking at it and did a workshop on it. We can get into that a little later. But I thought like <clears throat> what I think is interesting about actually looking at what it is, it's a lot more involved than I thought, right? I used to think, oh, improv is this, like, yeah, you're making stuff up on the spot, period. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I never just put any more thought into it, really. Like, oh, they're just trying to be funny. Right. And don't have a script. So kind of the idea that it would be something that you could... Learn, practice, master, and if you mastered it, quote-unquote mastered it, you would be more skilled than a person who just started was a little bit fuzzy. Oh, yeah. Like, Does, basically like, the complete opposite. Like, it's this, this thing, have we talked about this on the podcast in creativity? Like, this idea that it's just this unknowable thing that just some th people have a and thing other some people, people can don't. Do. So, oh, like, these are just people that can be funny right. on the spot. Right. So. 
Okay. Okay. Now the reading. So. <laughs> <laughs> Today's reading. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Improvisational theater, often called improvisation or improv, uh, is the form of theater, often comedy, but not always. We'll get to that in a second. In which most or all of what is performed is unplanned or unscripted created spontaneously by the performers in its purest form the dialogue action story and characters are created collaboratively by the players as the improvisation unfolds in present time without the use of an already prepared written script second part improv isn't about wisecracks and one-liners it's about creating a structure where characters and narratives are quickly created, developed, sometimes forgotten, and other times resolved. So, a lot to unpack there, but... So, it really is, like like you said, it's this thing that can be studied, there's structure behind it, there's principles behind it, and while it is unplanned and unscripted, it is not un thought out I don't know what I'm trying to say there but like right. there's there's stuff that goes into it mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting looking further in that article like there are there are long forms like so there are non-comedic and more long form versions of improv or I shouldn't say versions but whatever and like to the point of there are full-length plays mm-hmm. that are done improvisationally, which just blew my mind. Like, that's crazy. So, that is that. How up- oh. before you Before you move yes. ahead. Before since I move you, ahead. Since you just, this is your time to comment. This now. is, oh, <laughs> this is my <laughs> prescribed time to comment. <laughs> so, there are a, have you ever seen a movie that was improvised? Excuse um, me. Not with that as the premise. Okay. Right? Like, I, so I've gone, like, watching interviews and things about a movie and realized, like, oh, like, they improvised that scene. Right. Or whatever. But not, not like a full length, this is an improvised movie. Okay. So there, I wish I could, I honestly wish I could think of the director, and I can't, but he was in... So let me list a whole lot of cultural references you don't know. So Sweet. he was in this is Spinal Tap. Can't think of it's not here. I'll have to come up with it. Um, but and this is Spinal Tap was directed by Rob Reiner, who and I don't know if all of that or if it that was just sort of partially improvised. It's a mockumentary about a rock band called Spinal Tap. Okay. Okay? Hilariously funny. But one of the people who was in that um, directed a whole series of movies that were all improvised. The ones off the top of my head, I can remember one was called A Mighty Wind, and that was about um, folk singers. So a whole festival of folk singers and... um, Another one was Best in Show, which is about a dog show. There, there's at least one or two more that I can't think of. But they are comedy movies. They're hilariously funny. 
and you sort of get this very special experience. What like sort of like we were talking about, uh, we were talking about um, thinking about what you're watching when you're watching a thing. Last time, we were thinking yeah. about metacognitive metacognating. Oh yeah. So you. Watch the home movie. Well, we, we were participating in Medicaid. Right. <laughs> you can watch these home movies and they, you know, they have these really unique and quirky, fun characters and they're hilariously funny. And then my experience anyway was I watched the whole thing and just sort of got sucked into watching it and really enjoying it. And then afterwards stopped and thought about the fact that Oh my gosh, that whole thing was improv. Mm-hmm. So everything about that, well, and it's it's like anything else. There's, I'm sure, multiple takes. So you maybe improv a line and do it again and do it again, and right. it's the funniest stuff that ends up in it. But still, right? It it really well, and it like it it that sort of instance seems like. You know, after really looking at this, because what it's about is, it's not about necessarily being funny, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's one of my big takeaways in all of this, is that like it's not about trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. In its theater form, it's about building a character, right? And things happen, right? right? So in that situation, like. That's all a movie is normally. Mm-hmm. The difference is somebody else is deciding what happens. Right. So right. it's almost like I would imagine almost a much, or I would imagine, uh, I already said that. <laughs> would you imagine? I would. I'm unclear. I, I would only imagine. I would definitely imagine. Okay. You can only imagine. <laughs> that it would be exponentially more difficult of a discipline because you not only do you have to develop like have be that character but you're simultaneously developing that character mm-hmm. and making decisions on how would you react to that situation or right and bringing in offers which we'll get to in a second and right so just building that entire thing on the spot right well, and I think the difference between maybe doing that as a movie, this is all stuff I'm making up in the way that I think I understand how they do it. Um, but the difference between doing that as a movie and doing it live on the spot is I think there's much more, you do much more character development coming into the movie. So you basically, you, sure. ha- you fully inhibit who that person is and you yeah. come in with this really massive understanding of who that person is. So you don't ha- so what you're responsible for is the person that I'm inhibiting, how do they react? Mm-hmm. And the thing, you know, to your point that it's not like joke 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 joke. Um even those movies it is more about what the like the quirkiness of the character, right? Mm-hmm. And where, you know, some of it is that sort of really special quirkiness where when you're watching it as a viewer, you're like, oh, I'm so like that person is making me really uncomfortable. But 
it's their uncomfortableness and mm -hmm. the awkwardness about it that makes you go, oh, it's really like in a sense it's you going, oh, I'm so glad that's not me and I don't. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and that's not how my life is. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really – like I, I don't know if I can stress enough how much I enjoyed those movies because <laughs> you got me really excited thinking about them. Now I have yeah. to watch. Well, and, and again. like you said, it's not about joke, joke, joke. It's about reaction and interaction mm -hmm. in probably a ridiculous scenario or in a what starts out as seemingly normal and then just stuff happens. Right. And like, how, how does that already unique individual? interact with what's going on mm -hmm. so great stuff okay is that the end of my prescribed time to react mm, and we yes. need to move on okay we are because i see you turning we are and looking on. okay i'm now looking at uh and we'll link to all of these articles um particularly i found i will name it here a company out of austin that does classes, um, and they had some worksheets and handouts for their classes, but that are just available for everybody. Uh, Merlin Works is the name of it. So thank you to them for having that free stuff out on the Internet. <laughs> There's more here than we'll go over, but kind of some of the big... Uh, so this, is, but this particular one is just different vocabulary, um, and I think we'll hit some of the big factors that play into improv. So uh, offer, something I just mentioned a minute ago, that's where it's anything that you do or say on stage, but specifically the idea is you're, you're introducing more information about mm -hmm. the scene, more information about your character, and uh, so it can be verbal, physical, emotional, uh, or whatever. So when an offer is made, uh, accepting is what it's called. So embracing the offer made by the other player to advance the scene. So it's again, it's this back and forth play mm -hmm. between characters, which then leads us to really the if if there's one principle, one overarching principle of improv is the idea of yes and. So that is accepting the offer. And then adding something additional to it that's connected. So that's the foundational rule of improv. So accept whatever's happening and then build on it. A couple other terms. So this is specifically, we're reading on the nice things to do in improv, half of the sheet. <laughs> um, are there not nice things? Oh, to there do? are not nice oh, things. Oh, awesome. <clears throat> Uh, I think the other two things I'll hit on in the nice world is just the idea of space work. So a lot of improv does not involve props or involves mm -hmm. very minimal props. And the idea is that you use the space that you're in and then mime or just build that world. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is like if you're saying if you're building okay here's this car right like don't walk through the car mm -hmm. <laughs> because you wouldn't do that in the real world and then as right. the as the partner or as the other participant in that you have to remember okay there's a car there don't walk through the car right <laughs> things like that so that's the space work 
And then just the idea of being specific. So the more specific the offer, the better. A few not-so-nice things to do in improv. Um, really, really boil down to, like several of these really come down to not advancing the narrative. So not, not accepting and not going along with and contributing to the narrative that's set. So a lot of times there's a prompt in the beginning mm-hmm. and oftentimes I know uh, troops will, they'll get a, a prompt from the audience mm-hmm. because when you're really good at this, it can seem like it's scripted, but it's not. So that's a way to be like, oh, no, th- this, we had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so not following whatever narrative, whatever through line was established at the beginning. Let's see here. Oh, canceling. I thought this was interesting. <clears throat> Saying or doing something and then taking it right back. Don't do that. <laughs> and then bridging is the idea of setting up something in the future and then slowing down or not getting to it because you don't know what's on the other side of it. So maybe setting up something that could happen in the narrative and then, mm, but that's scary. So, oh, okay. Okay. Um, joining. I th- okay. I thought this one was really interesting because I know this is a thing that I've struggled with in some of the production that I've been a part of where, so joining is you essentially become the same character as another improviser. Accents and emotions are particularly contagious. So taking on, like, it's it can be tough to, in a performance, keep your own unique character, right? Especially mm-hmm. when you're having an interaction with another character, it's easy to start reflecting and talking, like, to sort of become that person. Well, and part of what you need, can I interrupt you? Yeah, absolutely. Is I don't know if it's my prescribed time to talk right now. <laughs> mm, let me check. Okay, I suppose. Oh, okay, well, thanks. We will allow it. Thank you. Part of what you need, just talking about that joining thing, is conflict or at least difference, right? So mm-hmm. if suddenly you're super upset and I'm super upset and we're both ups- we're at the same level of upset, not that that has literally ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> nor could it but maybe in an improv scene uh, that's not it's not interesting to look at it's interesting if one person's very upset and the other person's very calm mm-hmm. right but it's not interesting to have say two people with Irish accents screaming <laughs> not for very long anyway mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah okay a couple more here and I'm, I'm particularly, because I think a lot of these are going to come back into play in our discussion around how it applies to business, but um, some of them are just interesting. Am I saying interesting too much? I feel like I'm saying You're it saying it just the right amount. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> and you tipped over. It's too much. <laughs> Lowering the stakes. Making things less important to the character. So, and they actually give an example. So... You stole my wife? Ah, I didn't really like her anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So don't do that. 
Yeah. And that's, again, that's part of that character work. Like, if it's indeed important, like, don't, don't minimize the importance of anything, not just a wife, but an object or whatever. <laughs> and that's also good life advice. Yeah, good, <laughs> great life advice. But don't minimize the importance of something in the scene just because you don't want to pursue that or it would require more, I don't know, effort to right. respond appropriately than not. Okay. Questions are generally frowned upon in improv, uh, but are not always a bad thing. So questions are often an improviser asking permission for something to be true. Statements are clearer and more concise. So basically just just do it. Like don't ask to be able to do a thing. Just mm-hmm. do it in the scene. Sidetracking, finding activities to do to avoid doing what you established in the beginning. And... One more I will offer up is offer surfing. Passing up on the first offers because you're waiting for a quote-unquote good one. The first offer is the best offer. So again, just keeping the scene moving forward. Mm -hmm. Don't stall. Don't wait. Not to to reverse justify, but I feel like this is part of the reason (laughs) we're so bad at brainstorming because like we we just want we want to hit on that good idea, boom, right away and just go with it rather than not. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> just blanked mid-sentence. That's okay. Well, yeah, I think I do tend to agree with you that first, you know, part of it is that whole, like, subjective nature of what we do, like mm-hmm. we could, we could, if we, if what we need is an idea, and we have an idea we're happy with when we start, why would we put ourselves through the work of coming up with more ideas we like, mm-hmm. knowing well, that any one of them could succeed or flop? It's right. just what we put behind it and what we do with it. Not necessarily like the tag, whatever we're talking about, the tagline or the title for something or whatever we're doing. It's different with video as I'm thinking this through. But Mm -hmm. the starting point for anything we do isn't the most important stuff. The most important stuff is where we go with that starting point. Right. So why would you spend a million days, theoretically? (laughs) <laughs> brainstorming a new starting point where you can go, oh, I like that. I right. can see possibilities with that. Well, is there an element, too, of wanting, like I know for me, it's like wanting to present an idea that is good enough to just go with it? Right. And so sometimes there's an element of, oh, if we if we keep brain, if we keep brainstorming, it means that first idea was garbage. That means you didn't like my idea. Yeah. So you have to keep thinking about it. So that that's tough to right sort of swallow your pride on that. And well, and I think the part of it too. There are many parts to this. Can you tell? <laughs> is this whole idea that? And I I know this is the thing oh, we've talked about. Would you? You know what? You know what? If you're going to continue to do violence to your equipment, we're going to take it away from you. <laughs> we cannot, I cannot work under these conditions. Okay, Mom. Anyway. Wow. Um, 
I know a thing that we have talked about. I don't remember if we've actually talked about it. Like, it seems like in our episode about creativity, you're talking about video or something. It might have come up. But is this idea that when one of the things that we have someone in common is that when we latch on to an idea, our mind doesn't go, oh, that's a good idea, and then just sit there. Mm-hmm. It moves forward. Right. So the idea that— And not just a little bit forward. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of going, oh, well, here's a good idea, and my mind is already moving forward with it, and stopping all of that and mm-hmm. going, how about another idea? Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm gone already. Yeah. <laughs> I left. The train so, has left the station. Yeah, I'm already working on this one, so yeah. let's not. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Maybe later. Sure. Maybe later. For sure. Okay. Let's get into a little science. So science. I'm, I'm sure need, there's... <gasps> what if we had just a jingle for science that we plopped in right oh, now? Oh, yeah. Just oh, a nice big... Science-y sounding. Science! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just saying. Just the sound of a chemical reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, not necessarily going explosion, but Oh, well, I mean, I think that would be the easiest. What other chemical... Just... Yeah. Okay, sure. Drip, 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 drip. (laughs) Okay. So there was a study conducted several years ago. This is me reading again. Out of Johns Hopkins University. That's so hard to say. I don't know. That's because it's Johns, like multiple Johns. Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins. University. By neuroscientist Charles Lim. Lim designed a clever experiment that measured the brains of jazz pianists on using a, using an fMRI machine as they improvised on a MIDI keyboard. His study focused on two parts of the brain, the medial prefrontal cortex, the MPC, part one, and the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, DLPFC, or we'll call it part two. Okay. The medial prefrontal cortex, part one, is a part of the brain associated with self-expression. It's a mental narrator that keeps tabs on the story of your life. The DLPFC, part two, is closely associated with impulse control. It's a part of the brain that makes you think twice before you eat a slice of pizza. Oh, I I don't have Some people have that. I do not have one of those. (laughs) Or gamble, a sort of mental shackle that keeps your neurons in check. The key finding involved the DLPFC, part two. Lim found that the musicians deactivated their DLPFC, once they began improvising. That is, the musicians turned off part of their conscious brain to let the unconscious mind do the work. As Lim says, and this is a quote, musical creativity vis-a-vis improvisation may be a result of the suspension of self-monitoring and related processes that typically regulate conscious control of goal-directed, predictable, or planned actions. End quote. In other words, the pianists were inhibiting their inhibitions. That is double inhibiting. And reading. Double (laughs) inhibitioning. Inhibiting. Double inhibiting. Mm -hmm. Which cancels out. Yeah. Okay. And reading. Okay. That is fascinating to me. And 
here's why. Mm-hmm. Because as when you brought it up, when you brought up what the topic was and you started talking about it and I started thinking, forgive me because I wasn't actually listening to what you were saying. I was thinking about what I was going to say. Um, and that's part of the problem. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> that I was thinking back to being in drama, which I, I mean, they, they didn't. It, it was mostly outside theaters at the time when I was in school. But <laughs> like the Coliseum, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah. oh, I, okay, you know, okay, okay. Um, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Um, before electric lights. <laughs> but I, I always struggled with improv because I couldn't get myself out of my head. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, like, I was always not reacting. I was trying to think my way, right? Mm -hmm. So it was all that part of my brain, like, trying to think my way through it. And then, you know, my my drama career extended from, like, high school into early college. So let's pick the absolute best time for someone to be, so fully in their head about themselves and everything they do (laughs) and thinking about what everybody is thinking about them. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I really struggled with it. I really, it was always one of those things where kind of to your point when we started out, I looked at people who could do it and thought, oh, Mm -hmm. that, that looks like a fun thing that I wish I could do. Right. But being in my head and being all inhibited about Thinking about what I was going to do, what I was going to say, what people are thinking of me, right? Made made it really hard for me. Yeah. So. Well, it just occurred to me as you were saying that that, um, and I didn't even I don't know why I didn't think of this when I was initially reading this that it is how's this for dramatic jazz jazz music is the reason I am where I am today. (laughs) That is that's. How's that for a teaser? Almost too dramatic. <laughs> That's so much. Because I say that because it's actually the my my inability to improvise in jazz music because coming out of high school, uh, have I mentioned on the podcast I played saxophone in high school? I think we have. Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe way. We have talked so much about you playing saxophone. I can't even remember. <laughs> and it's primarily me making fun of you, which yeah. is it's probably un- in the early days of it's the podcast. It's very unkind that I do that, but I can't yeah. help it. Well, you know. It's how you know I like you. <laughs> so, played in high school, thought, "Hey, I'm not too bad at this music thing. Maybe that's what I should go to school for." So, started out that way. Uh, spent the first couple of years in the music program. And it, it really was uh, specifically my personal instructor. He was a jazz musician. And, like, I I had done jazz band in high school, right? Mm-hmm. But the parts where you're supposed to improvise, in at least in the music in high school, it has, like, it has basically says improvise or... Here's a written out solo that you can <laughs> play. Or play this. Yeah, exactly. So uh, when it came to and, and there's a there's a very big difference between like jazz band and actual jazz music. Actual jazz, yeah. Huge difference. Yeah. So that was a that was a big gap 
in my education, if you will. But it, it was exactly that. Like I, all, from the beginning, learned music, sort of the, how do I describe it? Like the technical way, mm-hmm. the band way, the you learn what the music, you, know, you learn to read music and then you learn to play it. Exactly you play what, it what says. you read. Right. Yeah. So this whole idea of making it up on the spot, which is arguably the best way to describe it, right? Like completely foreign to me. And I just, I could not get into that headspace and just could not wrap my brain around how to do that. So that was one of the big reasons. Like, I was like, man, I don't know if this, like, it, because. Realistically, if you're going to make a living on playing the saxophone, like that's going to be in jazz. <laughs> or or for Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, right. Because he I mean So that's saxophone heavy too. So, <laughs> so the opportunity <laughs> to make a living in that field was primarily in exactly the thing that I could not wrap my brain around. So I really had to, like, think about, do, is, is this really what I want to do? <laughs> and so the answer was no. Went to communications, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm in marketing. Here we are. The rest is, the rest is history. Yeah. That, that's so interesting. And I realize I, I knew this, but I don't know if we've talked about this. Speaking of things we don't know if we've talked about, um, I wasn't – I lack the, the hand-eye coordination for a musical instrument. <laughs> I did take band, but I never went very far in band. Just it, I wasn't well suited for it. But I did vocal music, and the thing I discovered: no matter how much I loved vocal music, um, I couldn't scat. So I took a, um, I did a liberal arts specialty summer camp mm-hmm. and you majored and minored sure. in liberal, you know, whatever. And so I did drama and music because mm. those were my two things. Yeah. And part of the music course was working with a super talented singer and part of it was scatting and I could not, and mm. probably exactly the same thing as the improv thing in drama. Like I could not get myself past it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just put myself, you know, just let that, let my prefrontal whoosie waddies. <laughs> <laughs> you know wait for it. Let me go back here. Dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. Okay. Part um, two. Part two. <laughs> I couldn't just turn that off and do the thing. Mm-hmm. I was just really in my head about it. Yeah, for sure. So, what I, I think is also interesting is that. Uh, when, like this, this made sense to me too, because I feel like casually, socially, I make my best jokes or make people laugh the most when I'm not really trying. I, it's strange because I don't think I've either, I've ever seen you be either casual or social. So I just, (laughs) I'm. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's a rare occasion. That was just. That was just a mean thing to say, and I just wanted to say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. Um, And, I mean, the nice thing, the very special thing for me is that 
because we work closely together and because um, we are also friends on top of it is if we are in a situation that is neither casual or social and you think of a joke, you save it. (laughs) (laughs) And then later on, (laughs) you will take, we will be walking away and then you will still have that joke, which is a special little thing that I very much enjoy. (laughs) 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 And sometimes I have to go, uh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's really funny. Right. That you thought of in that moment. Right. But (laughs) totally contextual. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it seems like when, like there's this, there's definitely a difference, right? When I think of something and use the example of what, is often called to as like a dad joke, right? Like I think of a, a pun or something and like I'm trying to make a joke or trying to land a joke. I feel like more often than not, it flops. And when I make people laugh the most, it's, it's not even that I'm necessarily trying to make a joke. It's just like, oh, like point something out mm-hmm. or almost like a commentary on what's happening. And... And the most effective ones, it seems, are, it's like, oh, a thing happens. Oh, I just blurred out what I was thinking about mm-hmm. that. Like, and, and to this point, like, not even try, not not only not stop it, but not try to, oh, oh, how should I deliver that? Or think mm-hmm. about, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, mm-hmm. just, oh, that's what popped in my head. That's what came out my mouth. There it goes. And now everybody's laughing. Like, <laughs> does that make sense at all? That makes total sense. Yeah, because I think that there is, not to go down a whole line of, like, joke crafting. Mm -hmm. So just like anything else in writing, there is, like, there's the perfect word, right? And you can craft a joke. Basically, I'm over-explaining this because I don't want to take away from people who write and craft. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's its own thing. Those jokes, right? But for um normal people, that wasn't a great <laughs> way to put it. But for people who don't do that, the more you the more thought you put into it in the moment, the less well it's going to land. Mm-hmm. Well, and when when it's something like that, a commentary or a a connection of something mm-hmm. in the moment, like the far, like every split second yes. you get away from that thing, the exponentially less funny it's going to be. Right. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. So true. It's always fascinating to me to meet new people or to, you know, have new people on the team, whatever, and have them. And I just have them tell me, oh, Vince is just, he's so quiet, and he just doesn't say anything, and he just is, you know, he keeps everything to himself, and it's, it makes me laugh every single time, because I could, I remember a time when I believed that about you, right? <laughs> And it just now is so far from my experience <laughs> that when people say that, I'm like, oh, 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 no, you're serious. Oh, uh-huh. right. sure, yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. That is who he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nice, quiet, friendly, not sarcastic at all. No. Guy. No. Wouldn't. Real, real nice guy to be around. Real, real swell dude. <laughs> solid, <laughs> solid dude. Yeah, there Just you go. Just nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the thing I said last time that made you laugh? Wouldn't let butter melt on his tongue. That's what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, yeah. again, there's butter. a slab of butter on top of that latte. Yeah. It was uniquely delightful. Mm, nice. Well, you didn't let it melt on your tongue, did you? No. Okay. Okay. Part three, improv and business. Not too much to read here, just uh, we can talk about it. Uh, the premise, reading again, is simple. <laughs> improv performers don't know what will happen on stage until they're up there. Each scene begins with a suggestion from the audience. The performers start with that prompt, making up the story as they go along. Although they improvise, the process draws on time-honored principles, the first among them being yes and, which we talked about. Simply put, yes and means performers accept whatever their scene partners do or say as part of the reality of the scene and then build on it with their own contributions. They must be present in the moment listening carefully and contributing freely these skills are these skills turn out to be particularly useful in workplaces that rely on adaptability and reading and my question is what workplace doesn't rely on adaptability <laughs> i suppose there are I mean maybe... that was a rhetorical question but you can answer it i do have an answer for it it you should always use caution when you give me rhetorical questions. You should know that by now. <laughs> Don't you know that by now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose in a factory setting, when all you have, when you're making widgets, and what you're going to do is put this screw in the top hole in the widget all day long. You don't have a lot that's going to change. Right? But maybe you could. Maybe you come up with a crazy process improvement that saves the plant $600 a minute. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But also maybe you just draw your paycheck and put that top screw in that, in that widget. It's all about the mindset, Sue. Whatever. It's all about the mindset. Just go home, turn on Netflix, just... I'm thinking a lot about Netflix today. Yeah, Can you tell? I, I think I, I definitely need, I think I need a day off. Think you need, <laughs> gotta work some stuff out there. <laughs> Another article cited, this is just bullet point list, skills that improv can help hone, listening, body language, communicating insight effectively, especially when that's not planned, like a water cooler meeting or what have you. Uh, and team building. I made a note to myself to read through the cheat sheet. Let me find that. Uh, so many things. So many things. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so there's <clears throat> there's a whole list. Thank you again, Merlin Works. Uh, hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> there's yeah. a, they have a whole list of just things to remember while doing improv, and really all of these things are business like they're they're helpful for business so uh i don't want to read through the whole thing you can go on we'll link to it you can read all of it but a few let me just highlight a few 
So they have three categories. First one is remember how to play. Uh, so be willing to fail, take risks, uh, and commit. We'll just stick with those for it. So commit to the game, whatever it is, fail big and succeed big. Spontaneity tips, pay attention, uh, move. I thought this was interesting. Move out of the box to think out of it. So getting on your feet to discover new ideas. And teamwork tips, make eye contact, say yes. Again, that yes and principle and make your partner look good. I thought this was interesting. Play, how many times am I going to say interesting during this podcast? (laughs) Play generously and make whatever your partner gives you exactly what you wanted. So there's more. They're all helpful as it relates to business. Are any of the other ones interesting? All of them. Okay. So interesting. So interesting. I think the biggest thing that I thought of, and I mean it applies too, particularly to what we're doing right now, Let's Get Meta, the podcast, (laughs) but in in all areas of business is just this idea of really active listening. And I like, I don't remember if I linked to this one, but one – spot I read it and referred to it as like deep listening right because when you're a part of that scene when you're building this world everything's new mm-hmm. and not only is everything new but kind of like we talked about like you're you're building it on the fly so you have to pay attention to the other person you have to pay attention to the space remember what things were established and interact with the whole thing while you simultaneously develop your own character and respond and offer and so it's just it's just a whole lot of being hyper present in the moment and listening and building on what's happening um and i think of well particularly with the podcast like and very particularly with the last couple episodes we've been doing but even on the other ones like whether it's an interview whether it's oh here's this topic like we have to have a conversation right and that involves going back and forth and listening mm-hmm. and contributing in a meaningful way and not ooh i was going to say not I'm sidetracking but s- we're, that is a particular sorry if i was supposed to be ours. contributing you know <laughs> meaningful way oh i'm oh, contributing sorry. Okay. Certainly. Right. I don't know if it's meaningful. Well, we'll leave that <laughs> We'll up. talk about that later. We'll leave that up to Off the air. listener. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Is this my prescribed time again to yeah. talk? Yeah. Okay. I'm starting, <laughs> yeah, I'm starting like the timer. Is you, you look me like you just stop talking and look <laughs> me right in the eye. Be like, and go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can I insert? Yes. Uh, you said it was now my turn. Now that I turn. said it was your turn, I'm going to. <laughs> so I'm going to retract. I'm canceling. Your turn's canceled. Oh. I'm, I'm going to say a thing and then immediately take it back. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Um, Read the rules. A thing. We make up the rules. <laughs> a thing. So, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I did. I did a. I did an improv workshop once on basically an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but. It was a whole Saturday afternoon, yeah. guys. <laughs> a thing that uh, is another no-no in improv. So we were doing this activity where there was several of us lined up in front of the room, and we had to, like, we were given a prompt, and then one person 
basically starts talking about the story and then just stops, contributes however much they want to contribute. The next person picks it up and keeps building Mm -hmm. until they want to stop, right? And I ended my portion something along the lines of like, and then this character said, handing it off to, which I thought initially was like, oh, so here's here's this handoff, right? This like right. super obvious way to transition into something, but apparently that's a no-no. Mm. Um, so don't like hand off a dialogue mm. okay. bit like that, which I thought was interesting. Or uh, I think maybe more broadly, um, like trying to make that too obvious. So that's why I thought of like just stop talking and stare at you. <laughs> so awkward. That was your turn to talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now go. Yeah. Yeah. So can we can we spend a little time talking about the yes and thing? Sure. Because yes. I mean, and tell me more about that. <laughs> ah, so good. Um, because to your credit, that is a thing that um, I think we just have always done and it's because you prompted it to begin with tell me more about that um tell me how wonderful i am let me tell you how great you are yes and um what i like what i like about doing that in the job that we have is that even when we are not talking about a specific like when we're not ideating on a project and talking about we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this, when it is just, even if it's a discussion or a debate or, dare I say, an argument. Mm. Um, <laughs> How you, dare you? You try really hard not to not to say no. And... The power of not saying no, in not stopping the other person and negating what they're saying is that it encourages them to keep thinking and it doesn't say, I fully reject what you're doing and now, now it's all about what I'm about to say, <laughs> right? So I just wanted to, first of all, I wanted to highlight that that's the thing that's worked for us. Mm-hmm. To that whole yes and thing, even when it can sometimes be really difficult because both of us will kind of go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's a little ham-handed how that and comes out. Mm-hmm. But it's always with this intention of moving it forward rather than stopping mm-hmm. that other person. Right? Yeah. Well, I think that's... That's the important part of that is it's about the mindset. It's about moving it forward. And I think particularly, but it's not, it doesn't just apply to what we do because we specifically work on creative projects. It's about, like, there's, it doesn't matter what problem you have, there's a solution out there. And if your mindset is, For example, we have both sat in meetings where suggestions are given 
and the attitude around it is, oh, well, here's 400 reasons why that can't work, mm-hmm. right? Rather than, I think, what we try to cultivate as a department, as a, I'm thinking specifically of the video projects you and I have worked on, is, and we're better at this sometimes than others, but we there's a little bit of an understanding of just because we say a thing doesn't mean we have to do exactly what we said. But if we're in that, like, let's play this out, mm-hmm. right? So here's an idea. Well, that, and then what if we did this? And then what if we did this? And sometimes we have taken things to an extreme, sort of played out that scenario and been like, yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. But we wouldn't have gotten there without that. There are other times where we have taken that to an extreme and be like, and and I think this is this is a personal one for me, um, an attitude that really gets under my skin is, um, <clears throat> and, and again, this goes back to what I was just saying, like thinking and talking about why can't we do a thing, mm-hmm. right? So versus what we have sometimes done, talked a thing to an extreme and then be like, why don't we do that? Well, I don't know. Okay, let's go do it. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> so that kind of, that why can't versus why don't mentality is a big mm-hmm. one for me too. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I could talk all day about this. Yeah. Like it's 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 the the yes and is the tool, right? Mm-hmm. But it's about it's about being willing to at least explore possibilities. Right. Doesn't mean you have to commit to them, but at least commit to not stopping the Follow, process. Right, following that all the way through. Yeah. I mean I think even as you're as you're talking about it and it's a little strange because it's actually something I just experienced, so it's not like you're teaching me about, <laughs> <laughs> about how we do our work, but what is what occurs to me is it gives us this opportunity where one of where one of us wants to present an idea, the other one maybe has opposition to that idea. But what we're forced to do is so say you come to me with an idea and my response is going to be that someone else is going to have a negative comment about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um is going to say people here don't do this but let's just say for the purpose of illustration I'm going to say that they're going to say it's stupid okay Okay. so rather than you saying we should do this thing and me saying no they're going to say it's stupid um, the yes and forces me pushes me into saying yes and what happens when this person says that's stupid and then we actually are considering. So it's not me saying they're going to say it's stupid and, and implying that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. That's me saying what happens when they say that. And you can either sort of respond to that and say, um, we tell them they're stupid. <laughs> we reject their feedback. Or, you, or we can, oh, well, okay, if they're going to say it's this thing, then we do. this is how we respond to that. And so it keeps that momentum moving forward and doesn't say because of this one factor, which may or may not be true, Mm -hmm. we have to end it here. So that, yeah. 
Yeah. We, we're so good at this. and I don't even think we thought about how good we are at it. <laughs> Let's just talk up for a minute Let's about just, how great we are. Yeah. Can we just focus on how great we are? I'm sure people love to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a little self-serving, but I think they'd agree we deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. What if that was who we were? Yeah, right. Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it's the real us coming through now. We're finally, finally, revealing people really who we are understand who we are. <laughs> it's 2019. It's the year working things out on the it's podcast. Right. That's right. This is the final thing to work out. Yeah. We only have not many three it's, episodes as of the recording of this. It's November 5th, a Tuesday. So there's two in November. This will be one of the two. Right. And two in December. Yeah. So we've almost made it through then the whole it'll year. it'll be the year of looking back. Right. <laughs> so is that... Any any yes ands to the yes and conversation? Yes. And I think everyone <laughs> should try it because it is... I, you know, the other thing that I'm thinking about as you're talking about sort of Yes, and along with the really active, deep listening and listening to be able to advance things forward, I think about how different maybe our department meetings are as compared to other meetings I've been in. Because when you go into a room with people that the whole objective, whatever the reason the meeting is there for, the objective is to take something and move it forward, right? Mm-hmm. You together is really the important thing. And everybody is practicing that active listening and practicing being mindful, even if they don't know about this whole concept of yes and, but they're practicing accepting what that person's saying, moving things forward. Um, it just is so much more productive Mm -hmm. than everyone coming into a meeting with an agenda. Right. And, I mean, I think to the credit of the people that we work with, we – and let me – I'm going to take general credit union credit for just – (laughs) <laughs> being super conscious about being good stewards of our members' money and going in with the idea of accomplishing a thing and all of that when we because mm-hmm. we're front loaded with all of that <laughs> to think about when we go into meetings. But when you when you come in to an unproductive meeting where everyone comes in with an agenda, right? And or, or even not just an agenda, but a sort of that not Yes. Right. Mentality. Right. Like why like thinking always thinking of why a thing won't work or mm-hmm. whatever. Neg- negative. Right. I mean negative is sounds harsh. That's a it's a whole scale of negativity, right? From little to a lot. But yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. I'm, I'm with you. Um it it's so frustrating and I'm sure people listening to this have been in meetings like this where you walk out of it going I don't know why I went to that meeting. It was nothing but conflict, and we also didn't accomplish anything. 
mm-hmm. because, yes, to your point, people aren't there to move a thing forward. They're maybe there to defend a position, mm-hmm. right, which is exactly the opposite of trying to move things forward. There's a healthy amount. There's a healthy place where you can defend a position, which is a thing we're sort of familiar with since we have to do with brand and look and feel and, you know, voice and all of that stuff. We have that position we have to defend, but we also know that part of our charge is to collaborate. Mm -hmm. So we know that we have to go, if we're collaborating with someone else, into that with the intention of how do we take the thing we do and take the thing you want, put them together, and move a thing forward. We yeah. don't ever get to go in there and say, no, we couldn't do that. We're not going to do that. We, it, it just isn't an option for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and either it's not an option for us because it just isn't in a big, broad way, or it's not an option for us because that's not how we work. Right. I'm not sure of that. I suppose, <laughs> because I've certainly worked with people who are that way, that are that position themselves in a spot to be roadblocks, right? And yeah. they they place consciously them, or unconsciously. Right. And they they place themselves for whatever their reasons are as the judge and jury of whatever the thing is that they feel responsible for. And they're sort of like the bear trap of that meeting. And they feel like their charge is to keep you from touching their thing. Because <laughs> if you touch it, then the trap snaps on your finger. See how that that's an analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... They're, what they're not doing is thinking about how do I take this thing that I'm responsible for and mix it with what you're trying to do and move everybody forward. Mm-hmm. It's This is not news to anybody who is listening that going into meetings <laughs> with people who are not interested in accomplishing things is frustrating. But it is, like as I'm thinking about the yes and and the whole active listening feeling of improv, it just kind of bring that, brings that to the surface of my brain. Like that, that kind, that's an exact skill you could bring into a business mm-hmm. and say like intentionally when we walk out of this meeting today, we have to have moved our narrative forward. So that's your job. You people in this meeting This is, you know, look at this as this is one scene in the entire movie of the history of our organization, and your job is to have made progress. Mm -hmm. And if you don't make if you don't make progress when you walk out of here, you haven't done your job. Yeah. So, and I wonder if you did that, like, would that help teams? kind of go like even even if you are the party in that meeting that is consciously trying to move things forward i suppose that would help you go you know say to the other you know to the bear trap people like 
hey, friend, (laughs) our job is to move forward. So tell me, you tell me what I have to do or what we have to do to do that because I'm giving you steps forward and you're giving me bear traps. Mm-hmm. So how how does that work? Tell me what we have to do with you to move it. Yeah. I don't know what would happen. That Ma- that sounds magic. like that's what would yeah, probably magic. It that sounds like one of those things. I you know, I have all of these mythical conversations in my head <laughs> that I'm very fond of telling people, "Well, you need to tell them." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then after that person walks away, I'm like, "Who?" <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that to another person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> that but that brings up a good point, though, in a couple couple of the other teamwork tips. Uh, so, and I think to well, let me just say them here, and because I think they work together. Uh, be willing to give up your ideas for others. They say on the worksheet, you've got a ton of them. Why not give in a little to give others a good time? And be willing to give up some control. Trust yourself and your partner to have something when the time comes. Make sure you share in the creative process. So again, specifically talking about the improv, but I think, I think the big thing, like like you were saying before, like it part of uh, part of having healthy conversations around brainstorming ideas, around even around disagreements is not, and the thing I try to do, don't always do the best, um, but is like try to not assume that I'm right, if that makes sense. Like there are, there are definitely times I'll dig in my heels. You don't say. Right. I've never experienced that. But to the point of not negating the other person, Mm -hmm. like, like, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know. Like, tr- at least, at least, trying to actually listen rather than dismiss, mm-hmm. and be open to like, there's there's a resolution somewhere, and you have your position, I have my position. Realistically. Somewhere on that scale in the middle is where where that point is that we can move forward. Right. So working towards that, I guess, if that makes sense, rather than be like, nope, here's my flag, and mm-hmm. we're not moving an inch from that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I, I think, I don't, I'm going to have to give you the credit for this one because I know that of the two of us, I have a much larger arsenal of flags. <laughs> I carry them. I carry them in a pack on my back, <laughs> and I put them down at will. <laughs> but one step, insert flag. Next step, yeah, insert flag. Basically. <laughs> um, to your credit, I honestly, as I'm thinking through. Like, where we have had conflict, I don't think... I mean, we've certainly had 
discussions where you have been skeptical, right? Oh, that's what I carry in my bag. That yes, I you have carry a full pack of skepticism. Yeah, all the skepticism. <laughs> um, so it's just like it's red flags. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you have. Yeah, I have red flags. <laughs> you have red flags. Yep, lots of raised eyebrows. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so we've certainly had discussions where you have been skeptical when I have, you know, sort of been pushing a a theory of something that could happen or how a thing could turn out. Um, but when we have actually had disagreement, I think mostly, and it's because we come at it with this yes and sort of attitude, when we actually disagree, and I'm thinking about a time recently that it felt like we were disagreeing, but in reality, we were arguing two sort of different arguments. Mm -hmm. So we didn't disagree. We just weren't in the same spot, right? We weren't Mm -hmm. arguing the same thing, and there was just confusion around what we were talking about. Right. Right? And so, of course... It's very hard to come to agreement <laughs> when you're arguing about two different things. But it it never, even when we have fully disagreed, you have you have never like stuck the flag and said, "Well, it's it's my way or the highway, and this is what it's going to be." It is uh, it is always. I mean, even though that is what it's going to like in some of the stuff that we're going to do, like I'm just going to have to not do something and then you're going to finish and you'd be like, that's what it is. <laughs> even though we are kidding, we didn't want it that way. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it really is more for us creatively. If we can't get, it's not that we can't agree on a thing. It's that sometimes we're talking about two different things and we can't get that part of it figured out, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, I literally can't think of a time I genuinely disagreed with you fully, right? Where I would just say, no, you're wrong. I, for the most part, maybe entirely, more think like, I see your perspective, I have my perspective, and it's just that what I think will happen or what you and what you think will happen are different. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah. It made sense to me. <laughs> Didn't make sense <laughs> to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the point of what I what I was trying to do there, but I think it might be nap time. Okay. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Rather than taking a nap, let's wrap up Mm. with one more thing. So there are different exercises uh, for improv. A lot of them involve larger groups, of which we don't have. (laughs) So uh, let me – so I'm going to just list a couple, and then we're going to do one. (gasps) We're going to do one. Yeah. Yay. So there are so here's so just idea generating things <laughs> that you can do. 
there's a thing called the one sentence exercise. So this is similar to what I described we did as a group, except when we did that, we sort of had free reign to just contribute as much as we wanted to contribute and then pass it off. The one sentence exercise is you get a prompt, you say a sentence, then the next person builds off that sentence. And so you just have a shorter slot to work with. There are variations to that where maybe the next sentence has to start with the last word of the previous sentence. That could be interesting and sounds very difficult. Right. Um, Another variation is that you start with a prompt and then each sentence has to start with a subsequent letter of the alphabet. So first sentence starts with A, then B, then C, right? So okay. just ways to sort of mix that up. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was mainly variations on that for to, that is just two people, but... What uh, what I want to do is not that, another <laughs> exercise. So we're going to do a variation on this, one, one that you are already familiar with. So there's an exercise where you pick two random things and then just incorporate them into a story together. Okay. So um, it's... Actually, it was also one of the exercises we did that day. We just go around in the circle, and uh, I don't remember if we all had the same two things or whatever, but so you just, like, I think mine or the group one was cat, uh, like a litter box and a TV. Make a story involving those two things, mm-hmm. right? So, and back to our episode on creativity, right? That, that oh, the whole exercise is about just creating these connections mm-hmm. between things and, and inhibiting your inhibitor. What is that? The DLPFC thing. I have to look it up every time. So sort of getting, it's all, all exercises to sort of prime that pump for, I, I don't know how else you would describe it. Action versus inaction, like doing a thing and going with a thing mm. rather than getting caught up and not doing it. So what I want to do, that exercise, two random things, but a particular variation, which you have already introduced to me previously, is called Think About It. <laughs> you don't have any idea how happy you're making me right now. <laughs> So, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since we played. The premise of Think About It is you take two random objects, mm-hmm. spin them into a story, but particularly a story that is a conspiracy. Yes. And then you end your conspiracy story with Think About It. Yes. So. And the, the idea is that someone else gives you those two things. Yes. Yes. So what I'm going to do, I found a random object generator. That's fantastic. 
So I am going to give you two random objects. Okay. And task you with. Oh, yeah, so you can write them down. So I can write my two random objects down. Okay. And uh, we are, we're already at like an hour 25 mm-hmm. record time. It'll be a little bit less edited time, but so, so let's keep this like five minutes or less. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then wrap up. So your two objects are a thermostat and carrots. Thermostat and carrots. Okay. And we can edit out some of the thinking time. Okay. So just, just I mean, you are superhuman as it is, but there, was a, there is a little bit of thinking time that goes into said right. endeavors. Right. Here's the thing you don't know Ooh. about me. That... As a child, now you've met my father. Mm. You've met my Ron father. Ron Winters. Yes. Stand-up guy. Stand-up guy. Heck of a guy. Um, and in our house as a child, and even now, if I go to his house, go to my parents' house, um, we're not allowed to touch the thermostat. The, ser- the thermostat stays precisely where a Ron Winters decides that that thermostat stays. And it is invariably uncomfortable. <laughs> it is never, <laughs> it's never the temperature that you expect it to be. It is like, it's too hot in the summer. It's too cold in the winter. What I didn't realize is that it's all because of the carrots. So, you know, a carrot uh, as you know, is a root vegetable, correct? Yes. Yes. And that means that the entire vegetable, when you pull it out of the ground, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. That's, it's all a root. And what do we know about roots? That they are what makes a plant grow. And so in order to, and I didn't know this until I owned my own house and had responsibility for my own thermostat. So when you have a root vegetable in your house, Vince, you have to regulate that temperature very carefully because when you don't, they grow out of control all of a sudden, right? You're like, oh, it's so cold in here. I need to keep it warmer in here in the winter, right? Yeah. You turn up that heat. What happens to those carrots? They're root vegetables. They keep growing. All of a sudden, the, you can't shut the door on your refrigerator because you have giant carrots. Now, the government doesn't want you to know that. The government wants you to do whatever you want. Do you know why? Why? <laughs> it's all about population control. Those carrots, what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep those carrots small. Because if we just let those carrots grow, the root vegetables, I don't know if I can stress this enough, they would just keep growing. If we just let them grow, we'd have enough food for everyone. But that's not what the government wants. Think about it. (laughs) (laughs) How'd I do? Very well. Very well. (laughs) I want a high five. (laughs) 
Sometimes I think I'm a little too good at this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it makes people think like, hmm, maybe might this, actually be a conspiracy that theorist. That might actually be where <laughs> she might believe that. Okay. <laughs> are, are you going to go? Do you have words? You're no, not going to go? That was, that was it. That was it? That was it. You don't have to do it? We'll, do, we'll stop recording and you have to do it later. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. We are going to wrap it up. We have... We are at time. If we had a time, we would be at This it. would be it. Okay. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to us. As Vince mentioned, we have, I don't know, half dozen, maybe a baker's dozen, links below <laughs> that you can follow, <laughs> some unprescribed number of links you can follow and check out some of the stuff that he shared with us, some of those articles, some of those activities. Um, thoroughly encourage anybody who – is on a team and wants to try some of those, try them. Definitely try Think About It because mm-hmm. that is so fun. Yeah. Um, also a reminder, you can find us on Anchor. That's anchor.fm and uh, iTunes. Or you can visit our blog. And all of our podcast episodes are up there on our blog. And check all of those out if this is your first time listening. Again, very late to welcome you to the podcast. But – Welcome to the podcast. Go back and check out other stuff and enjoy it. Look for a improv troupe in your local or regional area. Oftentimes, um, I don't think I found a specific troupe as I was doing my research that doesn't offer corporate trainings. Mm. So they are more than happy to come and do training sessions, afternoons, even down to an hour long sometimes um, just on improv training and it really truly can if you really really get into the mindset and adopt the mindsets that are presented in improv you it, it's great for business and also if you're in the local area and you just want to start an Im- improv troupe please let us know because yeah. yeah. we do already have folding chairs yeah so we're basically <laughs> ready so ready <laughs> Just waiting, poised. <laughs> we just bought the folding chairs. <laughs> Ooh, I hope they call. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. This is Sue and Vince signing off for now, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.